0: just prophecies, it's really important to say if if someone is praying for you and gives you a prophecy, uh, the Bible talks about not despising them, Uh, so you don't just think, nah, (laughs) Uh, 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 or treating them lightly is what it means, but instead you weigh them up, which means things like, are they sane? Uh, Weighing up the person, are they a good person? Uh, But also, is that the kind of thing Jesus would say? Is that the kind of thing the Bible says? So you, you weigh them up, but it also means like when you weigh anything, ha- how heavy is that? is that? Is that oh, that was nice that encouraged me this morning, or is that a wow that, that 's that's, that's a heavy thing that could change what I do this this month uh, this this year so, uh, and someone gave me the wise advice once. Uh, which did change my life but it didn't mean anything to me at the time i just said well if it doesn't mean anything to you write it down because it might it might do later so it's good to write these things down and mull them over and uh, sometimes things come later and you think oh yeah god god said something like that before so i hope that's just that's just a bit of uh, thomas advice really and uh and i like that that chicken dance that you did jane that no, no, they do that. They do that in worship in Congo. Not embarrassing. It was wonderful. They do that exact. I must try and find a video of it. It's just uh, magnificent. <laughs> You're embarrassing. Embarrassed. I, I, I enjoyed it. So <laughs> God is good. Everyone else, we're not so sure, but God is good. Good, I, w- I want to um, begin a, a bit of an occasional series, we're looking twice this month and uh, at least once next month, at the book of Ruth, uh, a ramble through Ruth. So this is uh, part one of a ramble, uh, a ramble through Ruth, the, the book of Ruth. Um, it's after the book of Judges in the, in the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament uh, and, and really, it all happened about that time. Uh, see, I don't know, one of the confusing things in the Bible is where it's not, it sort of, doesn't seem to be in date order. Where, where does one bit do you ever find that you think well where does that bit fit into this bit and how did it all happen so just to explain that this book of Ruth happened at the time of the judges so the people of God have got out of slavery they've been given a land and God says if you keep following me it will be honky dory and you'll have this land it doesn't use that word but you understand and if you don't there'll be trouble Uh, don't blame me but there'll be consequences uh, for not following me Uh, and and that's that's what happens and and the consequence was as as the people of god followed god step kept close to him uh they they prospered and did well when they didn't he he used the other nations and circumstances around to to um to, to actually they went things went downhill it's a bit like my life when i stay close to god close to jesus things work, it doesn't mean I don't have problems, but things generally, they're they're okay. If I get far from him, things go, let's put it technically, they go belly up. They they go wrong, and and that's what happened to them, And, and he used the nations around them to discipline them. So from time to time, Moab or the Amalekites or other all the baddies, uh, they, they sort of, they came into the country and oppressed the people of God until the people of God, a bit like you and I, you know, when things go wrong, we start rediscovering our prayer life. I can't be the only one that sometimes felt guilty because I'm in trouble and suddenly I'm praying more. You think, how did that happen? And, and it's sort of, God allows things to happen in our lives sometimes just to draw us back to him. And that's what they did. And it happened in, it went round and round and round. So they'd call out to God, we're really sorry about marrying people that don't believe in you. We're really sorry about the idols. We'll put them in the broom cupboard or we'll chuck them out. And then God had mercy on them. would send them a leader called the judges, that's why the book's got that and then they'd be rescued again and then yeah, oh we love God now where did I put those idols and they'd, get, and they, and they'd go around the whole cycle again and um, you'd have thought it would have driven God balmy he's so gracious with them and, and actually with, with us as well isn't he, and, and he drew them back so Ruth is, is um, what happened was a, a bloke called Eglon who we happened to know was a huge great fat chap and he was the king of Moab and he conquered Israel for a number of years and then a guy called Ehud got a special sword made with no um, what's the cross bit called? Anyway, it was just one long straight sword with no handle bit and and he hid it up his arm and he went into the king and he plunged his sword right into him so that and it's all very vivid it's one of those gory stories that i love in the bible because uh, because he was so chun- chunky that he took the whole sword up and and then his stomach went over the end of it again so anyway that's not a particularly profound point just happens to be one that i rather like <laughs> so 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 the nation gets um it's not even in the notes just for free that one he, he the nation gets liberated again they're, they're free uh and um the Israelites not only were free, but they pushed their borders outwards and they conquer the land of Moab for, for a time. They co- and that's, that's when Ruth begins. So Israel has been relieved from pressure, but actually they've got, they've got famine. They've still got famine, although they've conquered this land of Moab, which happened to be famous. It's a bit, you know, uh, some of the uh, older people remember that, that song, The Green, Green Grass of Home. Remember that? The green, green grass. <laughs> that one. And, and, and Moab was like that. We, we think Moab doesn't mean anything to us. But to them it's, oh, Moab. It's fertile. It's green. It's it's oh, so fer- it's just a wonderful place to be. And that's what happened. So let's read uh, Ruth. We'll, we'll, um, we'll read a bit. Probably a long. I'll read it quick. Ruth chapter 1. In those days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, so a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Marlon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons, they married Moabite women, one named Orpha and the other Ruth. After they'd lived there about ten years, both Marlon and Killion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. She's not happy. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she'd been living, set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown me kindness, to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant each one of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, No, we'll go with you back to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait till they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud. Then Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God where you die I will die and there I will be buried may the lord deal with me be it ever so severely that if even death separates you and me when naomi realized that ruth was determined to go with her she stopped urging her so the two women went on until they came to bethlehem when they arrived in bethlehem the whole town was stirred because of the women because of them and the women exclaimed can this be naomi i guess she was looking pale broken upset probably in black clothes she'd suffered so much and they they sort of thought is this the same is this the same woman don't call me naomi she told them naomi means pleasant because the lord lord almighty has made me very bitter i went away full but the lord has brought me back empty why call me naomi the lord has afflicted me the Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi, now called Mara, which means bitter, returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem just as the barley harvest was beginning. Well, that's a long reading. Don't usually do ones that long, but it's a good good story, isn't it? And um, I I just want to give a some warnings from that story and some encouragements. It's a like all warnings, a bit of balance. So a couple of warnings and a, a, a couple of encouragements. A, and the first warning is this. Beware what I'll call the grass is greener the other side of the hill. Thinking. We can think like that, can't we? If we weren't there, it would be better. That's what That's what Ruth thought. She, she, she was in one context, but she thought, hey, it's tough going here. There's not much food around. Over there, oh, everything's great over there. Do you ever do that? Everything's, everything's good. I, feel, I feel this beckoning to me. Uh, everything would be better if I went over there. Moab was fertile, and it was possible to settle over there. And that's what she did, because things where she were looked a bit tough. And, and she felt under pressure but it's actually a false promise. You, you, You sort of have to be, when we're under pressure, sometimes we have to make decisions, but make them carefully when we're under pressure because the grass is not, as my mother used to say to me, the grass is not always greener the other side of the hill. It can look, things can look like, oh, if I did that, it'd be fabulous. Oh, if I did that, it'd be great. Things look much better over here or over there, but actually that's not always the case. And so because Moab looked fertile, they just went. But as we'll see, that they left some good things, they left behind some promises they had. The other warning is this beware of just drifting. Elimelech lived in Bethlehem in the hills of Judah. And yes, they had family, but you know, Elimelech means my God is king. here's a guy that lived with a name that meant God is in control even though the scarcity my god is king but actually he was inwardly panicking we can be people of the king who forget who the king is i don't know if anyone out there (laughs) we're people of the king but forget that he is actually king and so we we we, and i'm preaching to myself so we grow anxious and we, we panic and we think oh well i'm not sure what's happening here i'll go over there that looks good do you see what i'm saying Beware, beware. And, and, and he's a guy that, and Bethlehem, where he lived, the word Bethlehem actually means house of bread. House of bread, but, but there was famine. And, and sometimes we can get into circumstances, we think, but, but you said this, but this is what we're living with. You said house of bread, but the bakery is half empty. This, this is what you said, but this is our circumstances, uh, and, and we can struggle to tie the two together. Is that true? You think, but I'm sure God said this, and he's like that, but, but this isn't... Uh, and then out of that, we can begin to drift, begin to, begin to doubt, begin to seek the solution elsewhere than in the Lord our God, who is king. That's, that's, just, that's a good warning, it's not a heavy warning it's hey let's be careful of not because it looks greener going for that because things feel difficult sort of he sort of gave up on god really despite his name that the lord is king he was in the region of Ephrata which means fruitful he he was in a breadbasket of fruitfulness with a god who's king but he hit tough times and sort of wandered off is that familiar to any of us, if <laughs> we've been there? Hit tough times, got, got sort of offended, and and, and, then, and then drifted, really, because his children have, have, don't have, if you like, Christian names. They don't have godly names. They have Canaanite, pagan names. So they actually called their son Mar- Marlon, which means sickly. I mean, really? What? I mean, to my mind, that shows something's going on in this guy's head. Who calls their son sickly? I mean, that's, I mean, even in the world, that's not exactly the power of positive thinking. But, but in, in the faith, it's not in exactly faith that God is king either, is it? Why not call him get better? Why not? <laughs> if, if, if he is sickly, why not call him something else? And killia means pining or wasting away. I mean, imagine the christening, like pining and wasting away. He, here's a guy that has a heritage of faith, like some of us us have. He had a heritage of faith. His parents, they, they, were, they, they, had, they had a heritage just a few generations before. God had given them bread from heaven, for goodness sake. He sent fish on the wind for them. He'd, he'd, he'd brought water out of rocks that was their, their heritage they could have said no we're trusting God because that's what he's done for us just a couple of generations before but instead they're, they're calling their kids pining away and sickly they'd, they'd lost their focus they'd drifted let's beware drifting away we can be outwardly Christian we can have a, maybe our parents or grandparents have trusted God and yet slowly drift away and in our thinking we think we think sickly we think pining away rather than the lord is king let's not lose our connection with god no one starts out doing that it wasn't their intention it's a gradual drift so let's beware drifting so that's the warnings long enough on the the uh the warnings how about some encouragement? let's stick with 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 what god has promised demon said this morning about uh, about destiny they had a destiny where they were but they were just uh, oh it looks good over there let's stick with what god's promised when god promises something let's let's write it down let's do like mary did She says she treasured these things in our hearts she she, she pondered them Said, god said some things about my boy and God had said some things to them, but they, they left the land, and the land represented their inheritance. God, it wasn't like, well, we can all move house. It wasn't like, you know, we think, oh, house's not big enough, I'll our, our move maybe. It wasn't like that. This was what God had promised them. This was what God had promised their tribe and their nation. But even though God had promised it to them, they just, they just wandered off it they left the things God had promised rather than saying to him God you promised this would be a house of bread you promised this would be a place of fruitfulness so we turn away from all that's wrong and we're relying on you our God they'd sort of lost that sense of God being with them despite their recent history and if you've been a Christian a length of time it's good sometimes to look back and, so, and just or even write down how many times God has been faithful to you how many times when you were stuck he, he helped you how many times when you thought he'd given up on you he didn't and he, and he brought you through because as you look back you say hey God you've been so faithful you've helped me to now and therefore you won't leave me now therefore you'll continue to be with me stick with what God has promised you and let's make our plans in the context of God that's not God on Sunday and then there's the rest of our life there's the God of our life do you see the difference? we can easily as Christians get into being just people that go to church it's not God on Sunday it's the God of our life he's interested in every decision we make I love Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 trust in the Lord with all your heart I just, I've written that on so many people's, so many cards I've sent to people. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths or make your paths straight. Make our plans, which they didn't do, I want to encourage us. Let's make all our plans in the context of, hey Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm acknowledging your right to do with me what you want to do with me, and I'm going to trust you. So they, they went in the wrong direction. They went, the fields of Moab beckoned them. It, it looked attractive. It looked perhaps even sensible. But sensible isn't always godly. Let's be people who stick with what God has promised and really trust Him. I, I, I love Psalm, uh, Psalm 37, it's one of my favorites. I've got tons of favorites, but. Uh, psalm 37 3 and 4 trust in the lord and do good i don't know what to do i don't know what to do well that's good that's a good start not it trust in the lord and do good stuff and he will guide you then dwell in the land in other words just enjoy your life do some good stuff and trust god enjoy safe pasture take delight in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart where's the strategic plan that that is the strategic plan that is the strategic plan for your life trust in God do good things enjoy your life dwell in the land enjoy safe pasture delight in God and and he'll sort the rest out he'll sort the rest out how will he do it I don't know it's like Shakespeare in love how will that work out I don't know I don't know, it does. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, he'll do this. He'll make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. They're just lovely verses from Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord. When we're frustrated or fearful or angry, we can make very bad decisions. But God's not in a rush. Let's wait on him and learn the timing of God. So off they they went and, and then they were bereaved at their lowest point at the, when, or the, they thought they'd turn things around we've gone to this fertile place everything's going to be great and then she lost her husband and both her sons died I mean that's just awful isn't it? can you imagine you're, you're, gr- you're gr- grieving all round Your sons have died, your husbands have died, and in that society, even more than our own, a woman on her own, so vulnerable, no source of income, it was absolutely desperate for her. And then at at her absolute lowest point, she heard that God was moving back where she'd come from, funnily enough, that God was providing, that he'd come through, through for them, that there was now bread, there was a harvest time coming, Back in the land of her people. Now, even at low times, God's moving. Actually, her lowest point, when she decided to turn around, at her absolute lowest point, is the beginning of God prospering her. There's lessons in there. Sometimes when we're at our absolute lowest point, but she turns around and says, I'm going to go back to the land where I belong. I'm going to go back to where things were before it all went pear-shaped. I'm going to go back there, and and, and God begins to turn things around. So let's watch out. If you're at a low point, if you're in difficulty, let's watch out for what God is doing, even in our our low points. And, And God brought her to a decision point. So we've done warnings, we've done encouragements. God brings us, doesn't he, sometimes in life. I mean, a lot of life is just washing up, isn't it? seems to be washing up helping your wife put the duvet cover on does anyone else struggle with that duvet cover. It's puzzling eh? clothes pegs inside out outside in a lot that's a lot of life you don't even know what i'm talking about do you hey eh? you don't do the clothes shake it. shake it okay sorry technical discussion going on now on the front row but a lot of life you get the point a lot of life is just ordinary it, it just is a lot of life is knowing god in the ordinary Trusting he's with you as you do your shopping, look after the kids, go to work. He's with you in the office. In fact, he's there before you are. All of that kind of thing. That, that's life. Doing life with God in the ordinary things. Being supernatural naturally. He's there in the natural, all the ordinary stuff. But, but then occasionally God brings us to decision points. And, and there's some here. There's a the decision point where Naomi says, right, I'm back home that's that's where i belong i belong with god's people i belong in god's land god done that to some of us we've we've wandered off we've done our own thing for a while and then god somehow got hold of us we think actually i know they're a funny bunch but i belong with the people of god i belong with god and his people that's where i belong Funny bunch though we are, that's that's home. That's where God wants me. And that's what that's what Naomi decided to do. And so she sets back off and she gets to the River Jordan, which was the border. It's not a it's not a very impressive river, but she's got to cross the Jordan, she's gotta make a decision. And there and at that point her daughters-in-law also have to decide. They've sort of decided already. They said, No, no, we're coming, we're coming with you. And they but they sometimes God makes us re-decide and that's what they had to do they got to a point they decided for Christ that's often what we do growing up isn't it we're we're tiddlers and we make a commitment to Jesus we we don't understand all of it and then he brings us to a point where we think we we make a more mature decision to follow God or he brings us to a challenge point am I going to trust him am I not going to trust him that's what happened to them so they get to the river Jordan and they have to decide again and one of the daughters turns back and 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 naomi's sort of plays i don't know if it's devil's advocate or what she she's challenging she says no you go back i've got no husbands for you because because in their law if your husband died you you could marry another another a brother to continue the family line but there were no other brothers They'd both died so that wasn't viable and, and, and Ruth's getting on in years, and she says, Hey, you're not going to wait if I had another baby to not conceive tonight. You're not going to wait till he's big enough to get married, are you? So she's saying that, and one of them leaves, and, and, and Naomi says, She's gone back to Moab, and she's gone back to Moab's gods. She, she turned back, and, and we do reach decision points in our lives, don't we, where we think, Okay, am I going back to the world, or am I going to continue to follow Jesus? It's just just a reality pressure comes on the things of the world look bright and shiny and, and we just have to make a decision it's, it's, uh, so just be aware of that in life you have to life's made of thousands of decisions isn't it that's what life really is made up of but she had, they had to make a decision one decided that hey i'm going back and and ruth decided not to i refuse to go back it's, it's, it's not really about emotion it's about What the bible calls the obedience of faith well one really made the decision based on yeah that's right there won't be a husband that's tough that's really tough there might not be a husband and it's fertile here i'd be going to a different country i'd be going to a different culture to what i'm used to that's a tough thing to do so i'll go back I go back to where it's familiar, I go back to my family, I know the rules there, I can fit in easily, there'll probably be a husband for me, I'll do that. She made the decisions out of her emotions and all of that. The other one, Ruth, she says, no, your God will be my God. Where you go, I'll go. I don't know what it means, but where you get buried, I'll get buried. It's so fantastic it's the obedience of faith it was all unknown she'd never been to the to, to the land of israel she didn't know it was the obedience of faith Offra turns back but ruth says no i'm gonna go it's really a sense of hearing from god and obeying him the obedience of faith don't don't turn back from what god calls you to do trust him Trust him when when it looks good, trust him when it looks uncertain, or even when it looks bad. Just trust him. And she sets a course of commitment. The word Ruth, I think, means commitment. Great name. If anyone's expecting, put it on your list. Ruth, commitment. See, some people do give up when the going gets tough, don't they? Rather than the tough get going and all that. I won't sing. Oh. No, thanks thanks for your loyalty. <laughs> so, some, some people leave, they, they get offended when things are tough. But, but Ruth, Ruth said, No, I'm, I'm making a commitment. And it's good for us in our lives to s- set a course of commitment that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I, I said I would do this out of obedience to God. I, I will do this. I'm going to keep going. And so, Ruth makes this great faith statement in verse 16 don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you where you go i'll go where you stay i'll stay your people will be my people your god will be my god she's so strong in her resolve and she kept going until she got to where she should be setting a course of commitment have you wavered in your commitment You've been off playing in the fields of Moab? (laughs) Giving up because it was a bit tough? Thought this was a land of bread, but it's been tough lately? No, let's make the prayers of commitment. God, you're my God. These people are your people. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And it's not easy. It's not easy to set a course of commitment and keep with it. When when, um, when When Naomi got back home, she... She was so upset, she wanted to change her name to Bitter. Don't call me pleasant anymore. Naomi means pleasant. Don't call me pleasant, call me bitter. Because she was broken on the inside. She'd been emptied. Her husband had died, her sons had died. She She came back penniless. She had nothing. Empty. But you know, it's not easy, but empty is good if God empties you having a feeling you've got nothing left is good if god has allowed that to happen in order to humble us in order to empty us of pride and striving so we get to a place where we say god whatever you want i surrender to you i'll do it your way and that's how she she came back she came back absolutely empty not easy but good and and here's the interesting thing she comes back feeling i've lost everything i'm I'm coming back to where I belong, but I've got absolutely nothing. But actually, that very moment was a new start. And, and the end of the chapters, it's just so well written. It says, and it was just the beginning of harvest. It's just a little sort of little intriguing to be continued sort of <laughs> sort of thing, isn't it? It's, it's harvest. That's what it's all, all about. It, it sort of starts and ends with, with harvest, this book. And there's fruitfulness to come. The harvest was just beginning. Actually, this, this she was empty. Everything had gone belly up. It was all in tatters. But she comes back to where she should be with God. And she says, hey, I'm bitter, but I'm here. I'm hurt, but here I am, God. That's not a bad place to be, you know. It's not a bad place to be. So let's not drift. drift. Let's not take shortcuts, get distracted. Let's trust God for everything and keep our faith commitments. Can I pray for us? Father, help us with the choices that we make pretty well every day that lead us to be close to you, or closer to you or lead us to sort of drift away from you help us with those choices to make wise ones we don't want to give up on your promises we don't want to give up our as our on our inheritance as your people and lord i pray for those who maybe have wandered off distracted by things the world has to offer that look so green and juicy and great but really, in the end, they're empty and leave us dissatisfied and bitter. Forgive us, Lord. We we want to trust you. We want to set a course of commitment to you. And Lord, if if you have to empty us of our pride, of our independence, if you have to humble us, then we don't like it. But we will take it if it means living close to you, knowing your purposes in our lives so lord we're pleased to say we we want you to be our god and your people to be our people and we want to say to you lord jesus where you go is where we want to be so as a group lord as a church lead us into your purposes as the days go by we trust you lord we trust you for bread we trust you for provision We trust you for guidance. We trust you for help. In Jesus' name, amen.